Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast. And I am adding this morning Rumble. So those of you guys who like Rumble or use it, make sure you, even if <laughs> if you don't, uh, subscribe because I've got to get up to 100 users so I can use it for free. But we're going to try uh, Rumble as we go into the new year. We've added Twitter and still trying to add Telegram, but it's been a battle. It's not not giving in early, um, easily, and I just can't get it to work, but we're going to keep trying. So we have a number of formats as well as YouTube Live and, of course, Facebook Live and Twitch. So there's all kinds of avenues, and we're casting the net wide, and we're looking for unbelievers. Twitch, by the way, is a gamer's format, which is heavily used amongst people that do gaming. And early on in the year, I had two people listening in on Twitch which is exciting because generally they're gamers and very involved in gaming and they listen for quite a while. don't know if they still do. Let me know if you do, Twitch or not. But anyway, it's nice to have you guys with us. We are down to the wire. We've just got today, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're going to finish out the year, so this is why we're all the way at the end of Book of Revelation. We've just got a couple more chapters after this. We've got Nehemiah finishing it out and just Malachi after that, and we're we're there, so it's um, it's fun. I feel like we've made it through. And so with that, <clears throat> we can celebrate <laughs> a little bit. We're going to look at <clears throat> this day in history, actually doing a little, a different web page. Um, let's see if we can pull it up here. I kind of stuck it way down at the bottom. And let me see where I am. All right, so that page went away on me. How interesting. Well, then we'll um, not do this day in history. I had it all pulled up and ready to go, and it uh, and somehow it disappeared. So we'll do the dad jokes this morning. Okay, the first one. I have a few jokes about unemployed people, but none of them work. Two windmills are standing on, in a wind farm. One asks the other, what's your favorite kind of music? The other says, mm, I'm, a, I'm a big metal fan. There you go. Why don't I throw on another one for free? Um, how, hear about the new restaurant called Karma? There's no menu. You just get what you deserve. <laughs> Very true. Okay. All right, if those guys will stop laughing, we can begin this morning. We are in the book of Nehemiah, and we are almost there. I mean, we are right right there. So we want to thank God for what he's doing and ask him to bless us as we are finishing out his word for this year. Father God, thank you for this morning, and thank you for um, bringing us together again and the family that we have and how we can come around your word of God and celebrate you and thank you. Thank you for your birth. Thank you for bringing this new life and now bringing this into a new year. So we look forward, God, 
We know every year brings us closer to your, to your return, and it's a joyful thing. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Nehemiah chapter 9. Now on the 24th day of this month, the sons of Israel assembled with their fasting and sackcloth and with dirt upon them. The descendants of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. While they stood in their place, they read from the book of the law of the Lord their God on the fourth of the day, and for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Now on the Levites' platform stood Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Sabaniah, Bunai, Shabariah, Bani, Kanani, and they cried with a loud voice to the Lord their God. Then the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabeniah, Shabariah, Hodiah, Shabaniah, and Pathaiah, said, Arise, bless the Lord your God forever and ever. O may your glorious name be blessed and exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens and the heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out from Ur of the Chaldees. You gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you. You made a covenant with him to give him the land of the Canaanite, of the Hittite, the Amorite, the Pizzarite, the Jebusite, and the Girgashite, to give it to his descendants, and you have fulfilled your promise. For you are righteous. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea. Then you performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants and all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted arrogantly towards them and made a name for yourself as it is this day. You divided the sea before them, so they passed through the midst of the sea on dry ground. And their pursuers you hurled into the depths like a stone into raging waters. And with a pillar of cloud you led them by day and with a pillar of fire by night to light for them the way in which they were to go. Then you came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke with them from heaven. You gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. So you made known to them your holy Sabbath. You laid down for them commandments, statutes, and law. Through your servants Moses, you provided bread from heaven for them. Through your servant Moses, you provided bread from heaven for them and their hunger. You brought forth water from a rock for them in their thirst, and you told them to enter in to possess the land which you swore to give them. But they, our fathers, acted arrogantly. They became stubborn and would not listen to your commandments. They refused to listen. They did not remember your wondrous deeds which you had performed among them. So they became stubborn 
and appointed a leader to return their return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, and you did not forsake them. Even when they made for themselves a calf of molten metal and said, This is your God who brought you up from Egypt. They committed great blasphemies. You, in your great compassion, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud did not leave them by day to guide them on their way, nor did the fire by night to light for them the way in which they were to go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. Your manna you did not withhold from their mouth, and you gave them water for their thirst. Indeed, forty years you provided for them in the wilderness, and they were not in want. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet swell. You also gave them kingdoms and peoples. You allotted them, or you and allotted to them as a boundary. <clears throat> they took possession of the land of Sihon, the king of Heshbon, the land of Og, the kingdom of Bashan. You made their sons numerous as the stars of heaven, and you brought them into the land which you had told their fathers to enter and possess. So their sons entered and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites. And you gave them into their land, and you gave them into their hand with their kings and the peoples of the land to do with them as they desired. They captured fortified cities and a fertile land. They took possession of houses full of good things, hewn cisterns, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance. So they ate, were filled, and grew fat, and revealed in your great goodness, and reveled in your great goodness. But they became disobedient and rebelled against you, and cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets who had admonished them so that they might return to you. And they committed great blasphemies. Therefore you delivered them into the land of their oppressors who oppressed them. But when they cried to you in time of their distress, you heard from heaven, and according to your great compassion, you gave them deliverers who delivered them from the hand of their oppressors. But as, so, but as soon as they had rest, they did evil again before you. Therefore you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they would be so that they ruled over them. Then they cried again to you. You heard from heaven, and many times you rescued them according to your compassion, and admonished them in order to turn them back to your law. They acted arrogantly and did not listen to your commandments, but sinned against your ordinances, by which if a man observes them he shall live. And they turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffed their necks and would not listen. However, you bore with them for many years and admonished them by your spirit through the prophets, yet they would not give ear. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great compassion, you did not make an end of them or forsake them. For you are gracious and, com and compassionate God. You are a gracious and compassionate God. Now, therefore, our God, the great and mighty and awesome God who keeps covenants keeps covenant and loving kindness, did not let 
all the hardships seem seem insignificant before you, which has come upon us, our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and on all your people. From the days of the kings of Assyria to this day, however, you are just in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, but we have acted wickedly. For our kings, our leaders, our priests, and our fathers have not kept your law or paid attention to your commandments and your admonitions in which you have admonished us. But they in their own kingdom, with your great goodness, which you gave them, with a broad and rich land, which you said before them, did not serve you or turn from their evil deeds. Therefore, we are slaves today, and as to the land which you gave to our fathers to eat of its fruit and its bounty. Behold, we are slaves in it. Its abundant produce is for the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They also rule over our bodies and over our cattle as they please. So we are in great distress. 38. Now, because of all this, we are making an agreement in writing and on the sealed document, the names of our leaders the Levites and our priests. What a phenomenal chapter and how, how well it is written, if you think about it. The description of the history of Israel being spoken of by people who are in slavery still. These are people that are, came out of Babylon, who've been there, many of them for decades and many of them, this would be their first time probably to see Israel. When they're coming back, temples built, the wall is built, but they're not a free country. They're still subdued by these kings. And now they get the whole picture. <clears throat> Interesting. What brought them to this point? Reading the law, reading the law daily, as we saw yesterday. And, this, and the um, guys like... Um, uh, Ezra coming back to explain it to them and read it and explain it as a prophet of God, really a scribe of God, coming back and saying, this is what it says, this is what it means. We've sinned against our God. And they and once they get the idea, now their hearts are right there. And I can contextualize this, you know, in the modern sense, how these guys were building the, the temple. They were working hard. They went to do a noble thing. They heard that God wanted. They heard that they were supposed to go build the temple, um, so they go back to do it. They know it was the right thing to do, but they had no knowledge really of what the, what was in the law. In other words, they could do religious activity without being spiritual. They could. They were doing something noble, but with not without the understanding, without the the heart behind it. It was kind of a national pride thing, what have you. But when they find out. What was really going on behind the scenes and what was really supposed to, what they were really supposed to be doing, keeping all the feasts, keeping the Sabbath, bowing down to Yahweh daily, letting him guide them and direct them. Then now they are humbled and now they get the whole picture why they were in captivity. And they openly confess their, their sin, openly confess nationally they have sinned against God and that they're coming humbly before him to make this covenant with them that they're going to, they are not going to fall into the idolatry that their their parents had fallen into. 
And this is largely why God allowed them to go into Babylon, because Babylon was kind of the leader in idolatry. They were the, the king of kings of idolatry. They had, they had idols everywhere. So this was a, a big move. And yet they still, through all this, even though they're essentially slaves, through all of this, what do they, what do they say? Most, one of the most compelling and beautiful statements in all the Bible about God, that he's a loving and compassionate and gracious God, abounding, abounding in loving kindness. This is being spoken by slaves whose country has been completely destroyed. Many, many people they knew died. Of course, in the course in Babylon, the treatment, the slavery. And yet they could say, mm -mm, not God's fault, our fault. God allowed that because God should have wiped us out. And yet God is allowing us to come back to build the temple. His loving kindness keeps coming back. He keeps forgiving and allowing us another chance. And so it's really, it's really helpful for us to realize that. Um, take that lesson from the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we even have greater, well, you can't get greater love out of God, I guess. But, but in a sense, we have a greater realization of his love because we have grace and we have mercy and we have the cross. And, and um, now we, you know, we've, he's even taken away the need for the law for us. He's just saying, believe on me. So it doesn't matter how far away we've gone from him, no matter what happens in our lives, we realize that, that his gracious love is there. And it's not fair to blame the things that have happened to us on God when we live in this sinful world. And most of us realize that much, much of what we've gotten ourselves into is because of our own idolatry, our own sinful behavior that generally gets us into some kind of bondage. And then God offers a way out graciously, and it's there. As long, but he's always bidding us to come back and follow him and not the things of the world. And this is where we are in the book of Revelation because the people have followed after the, the mark of the beast. They followed after the Antichrist. They followed after all the things of the world, thinking this was going to be it because, after all, they could see this Antichrist there and his false prophet. And aha, we have done it. We've developed our own religion. We can do it ourselves, like this goofy stuff they just did on Mount Sinai, trying to rewrite the Ten Commandments. And now the Pope and all this, these religious world leaders trying to form their own world religion. And they, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to do our own world religion, and we're going to run the world the way we want to, and everybody's going to be happy. Mm, doesn't work out so good, especially when your world leader is Satan himself. Well, there's my dog Lila, who apparently decided to go outside and bark. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> right outside my window. I don't know what she's doing. Anyway, <clears throat> Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And they threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. 
And the rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Verse 7, with a th when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented night and day forever and ever. Judgment at the throne of God. That's the title. Verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and another book was opened, in which, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged for the things which were written in the books, according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he is thrown into the lake of fire. So, here we are. We're seeing the culmination of time. We're seeing the establishment of the, of the reign of Christ and also the end of the millennial reign of Christ. To simplify, of course, we're going to go into this in detail when we get there, but the, the, the simplification of the chapter is that once we get to the end of the tribulation, Jesus comes back, and we have the war of Armageddon starts at the beginning of the tribulation and really ends at the end of um, begins at the beginning of the tribulation and ends at the end of the millennium. If you want to get really technical, it's Armageddon is kind of a general term about the world rising up against God. <clears throat> There's various battles in the war of Armageddon. That's a good way to think of it. Some even conclude Ezekiel 38 and 39 if it's a, if it's separate from the war at the at that battle at the end of the book of tribulation some think it's separate some think it's together so there could be more than one battle uh, in the book of revelation in during the tribulation uh, but then there's this great battle at the end of the book at the end of the millennium as well so in the beginning of course he comes back riding on his horse he throws a false prophet in um, and the antichrist the human antichrist so to speak who's been empowered by satan into the lake of fire, and then, of course, the dragon, the, the beast himself, is, is thrown into the abyss, and it's sealed, which is God's holding judgment place for him. And <clears throat> now the millennium begins. So we have those that are in mortal bodies that have gone through and not taken the mark, are now with Christ, who has come down, and he sets up his new kingdom on a world that's been destroyed. 
You'll see as we go through the book of Revelation, completely destroyed. Cities destroyed. Mountains are leveled. Um, enormous. Uh, the earthquake is so severe. All buildings, is, it would seem, all buildings are just shaken to, to bits. Just all cities are hovel and destroyed. But all things become new. He starts recreating the world and we see that the, you know this beautiful story in Ezekiel and different places in, in, in the we'll see in Revelation about the waters that were been full of blood and death are now changing and the water flowing from the throne now purifies everything we have these beautiful 1,000 years where the people are going to repopulate and mortal society is going to grow like crazy if you can live a thousand years how many kids can you have Ladies, if you could have kids for six, seven hundred years, let's say you don't want to start for a couple hundred years, you know, because you're young, you're not, you don't feel like you're an adult, at least for the first 150 years <laughs> or something, and you have started having children, you can have children, uh, and you can have four or five hundred kids yourself, and they have four or five hundred kids, you can see how the population in a thousand years is going to go crazy, um, exploding all over the place. But it's all going to be under the reign of Jesus physically, who's going to rule with a rod of iron. Meaning he's ruling righteously, right? He's ruling. Everything he does is right. And you're going to walk by sight and not by faith. You're going to be able to see him. He's going to be able to tell the world how to walk and follow him. Now, those who have accepted him, those who have, who have followed after him, are, are rejoicing, are just going crazy. It's such a it's a time of jubilee, and everything is right. And there's no war. Everything's perfect. But the seed of pecado, sin, sorry, my Spanish is slipping out. The, um, the seed of sin is still planted in the heart of mortal man, and it's going to be festering there for a long time. And people will follow, but they're going to be wondering, and they'll never have the experience of choosing to walk by faith. Follow me? They, 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 it'll be mandatory. And so he says he'll be he'll be held in chains for a thousand years, um, and then he'll be released f because it's for a reason, because it's necessary, because he's going to be released to then allow people again to make a choice: Do I want to follow after the flesh and after the enemy, after everything that he's promising my flesh, or do I want to follow after the Lord? See, he, from the beginning of the fall all the way to the end of the millennium. Man will be judged according to whether he chooses to follow the Lord or not. That's the fascinating thing. This is why he will be released at the end of the thousand years. And he, they, those people have to make a choice, just like the rest of us. And then those, they will have an, a massive amount of people that choose to follow this anti-Christ, the one that this Lucifer who wants to be the the light being who wants to deceive you and say, no, I'm the true light of the world, not him. And then Jesus will then <laughs> shine again, let the words speak out of his mouth, and they'll all be, all be slain in one second. It's pretty interesting how that's going to play out. A lot more to go through as we get into the book of Revelation in depth, so make sure you follow on Sunday as we go into that. Absolute assurance, Charles Spurgeon, he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee hebrews 13 5. several times in scriptures the lord has said this he hath often repeated it to make our assurance doubly sure let us never harbor a doubt about it in itself the promise is especially empathetic in the greek 
or emphatic. <laughs> I'm sure he's empathetic, but the word is emphatic. In the Greek, it has five negatives, each one definitely shutting out the possibility of the Lord's ever leaving one of his people so that he can justly feel forsaken of his God. The priceless scripture, this priceless scripture, does not promise us exemption from trouble, but it does secure us against desertion. We may be called to traverse strange ways, but we shall always have our Lord's company, assistance, and provision. We need not covet money, for we shall always have our God. Our God is better than gold. His favor is better than fortune. We ought surely to be... Uh, we ought surely to be content with such things as we have. And he who has God has more than all the world besides. What can we have beyond the infinite? What more can we desire than almighty goodness? Come, my heart, if God says he will never leave thee nor forsake thee, be thou much in prayer for grace, and that thou mayest never leave thy Lord nor even for a moment forsake his ways. Phenomenal. Beautiful. Father God, we praise you for that, and we thank you that we know that you will never leave us or forsake us, and you are a good God. You are a loving God. And we ask God that as we look deeper into your word, you continue to reveal these things for, to us. And Father, we know as we learn from the Israelites and we see all of the New Testament as your word is being read, we ourselves are coming in contact with the holy and living God, which reveals to us our sin, but also the hope that lies within through the power of your Holy Spirit. So we thank you that uh, we, we can come to conviction, that we can fall on our face and repent. But we know, as the, as the Israelites said, in all of their bondage and in all of the things they were going through, that was so difficult that you are a gracious and compassionate God, full, abounding in loving kindness. This is the God that we serve. So we thank you for it. And we thank you, you sent your son, that we celebrate still his birth and that we have been transformed. And we ourselves have gone through a new birth because of his great power and his work and his suffering on the cross. And so God, we celebrate him and we celebrate what's coming as you are coming back for us so just prepare us god help us to be bold in this new year as mm, we ourselves become servants so to speak of the